welcome to the MX Vice SMX Review Show with myself, Ben Rumbold. Uh, this week, uh, sadly, Bradley Wheeler, who is expecting uh, his other half is expecting twins. He sadly was uh, unable to join us, uh, so we've uh, been had the super sub come in. Uh, MX Vice editor Ed Stratman, how you doing, Ed? Good, mate. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and all the best to Brad. That's for sure. Yeah, it's exciting times. Nice one. Brad also wanted to send a hello, and uh, and uh, hope you're doing well. To uh, our special guest this week, reigning world's SX2 Supercross champion and HEP Motorsports Twisted T Progressive Insurance Suzuki rider, Shane McElrath. How are you, Shane? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for taking the time. Thanks for having me on and uh, getting to, to talk to some different accents today. So it's, it's nice. <laughs> it's testing your ears out, I suspect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm learning the language. Of it. I mean, I, I went to England. I went to Australia. Those those are the two places I've been outside of the States. And so, you know, I'm, I, I feel like a local now. Great stuff. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the Welsh, uh, the, the round you went to is in Wales, and that's another accent yeah. entirely. So, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, very strange uh, how, that, how that works out. But, uh, yeah. but there you go. So, yeah, no, great to have you on. And you're joining us from Florida, I understand, yeah? I'm in Florida, yeah, central Florida, just outside of Orlando. Yeah, great stuff. So, yeah, and just to make sure before we get uh, cracking there, I'll just uh, thank our sponsors and supporters of the show. Uh, so thank you to Kawasaki Motors UK, uh, who have announced the new KLX 140R lineup for youth riders with electric start in three different sizes to suit juniors from the first tentative steps uh, towards preparation for adult bike ride, uh, racing and riding. So, uh, yeah, add fun to 2023 with the highly regarded KLX 140R, which features a 144cc four-stroke engine, uh, push-button start and plush suspension. Uh, Please contact your local off-road dealership for more information. Uh, we're also fueled by Golf Race Fuels, uh, so they keep us all going with there. Across sports cars, single-seaters, motorcycle racing, and further afield, the Golf brand is associated with winning whatever sport you are in. And then, of course, we were helped out by AS3 Performance, who stock a huge selection of aftermarket motocross parts available for the 1980s Evo two-stroke motorcycles uh, up to the brand-new four-strokes uh, to make sure that everything is all uh, tip-top. So keep uh, your supplies coming from AS3 Performance. And, of course, finally, even strokes, uh, always supporting MX Vice. Uh, Brad's not here to uh, promote his code. Ed, you don't have your own one yet, I'm afraid. So, yeah, it's uh, Brad Wheeler 10, and you can get 10% off anything you order from evenstrokes.com. Uh, they are in the middle of moving warehouses, which which uh, is uh, keeping our MX Vice boss, James Burfield, all very busy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so there are plenty of offers available from our website and evenstrokes.com. So, yeah, thanks for all of those people for helping us out. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, talking about uh, Supercross. So, Seattle just uh, occurred, 450 race in first, just to uh, deal with things. Shane, you're with us. How was is, how is the track? How was your night? Honestly, it was, it was a tough track. Um, I would... I would say it was on par with Indy. I mean, that Seattle is kind of 50-50 on sometimes it rains, sometimes it doesn't. Um, earlier in the week, it was calling for rain on Saturday. Thankfully, it didn't um, because it would have been even that, – that would have been the only thing to make it tougher. Um, right. All day during the day, like the track was so rutted. and But it, it was it was like – Indy, the, the speeds were slower. Um, the dirt was, was a lot softer, but the dirt in Seattle – it just kept digging down, but it was like, it was a hard, pretty hard base. So like your pegs would drag in there and it wasn't like it would just stop you. It would like, you still had a lot of momentum, but it would just, yeah, like really kind of want to drop the front um, and, and getting the, the square pockets, like some ruts had, had square pockets and there were even some spots on some of the jumps that didn't have any ruts, but it was, <laughs> it was weird. Like, 
transition to transition, things were, were different. Um, so uh, it was, yeah, for me, really during during time qualifying and everything, I, I really struggled just kind of getting around the track. It's like trying to do all the jumps in one lap was, was a big chore. And well, so... <clears throat> I didn't, I wasn't super good in qualifying, which I, I wasn't too worried about it. Cause it was like, dude, there, there were guys going down everywhere. There were guys kind of making the same mistakes I was. And it was, for me, it was get around the track and do the obstacles rather than kind of do a fast lap. So get my, my starts have been absolutely terrible and I'm trying to figure out how to, how to even be 25% better on those because that would really go a long way for me. Um, but in the night show, the track was a lot better. The track crew seems to stay on top of the track work um, in the night show pretty well. Because uh, even the last couple of weeks, like the, the tracks are just so much better at night. Um, yes. But this weekend, like we only had two two groups of 250 and two groups of 450. And we started an hour later and we still finished with qualifying like a couple minutes earlier, but it was like, dude, do a little track maintenance. Like it's, it was, it was like bad. And so that it was a bummer. Um, more like, I mean, that's just, that's my opinion, obviously. And it's, uh, yeah, I felt like it could have been done a lot better, but that's, that's, that's what we got to deal with. So, um, I'm, I'm getting better and I'm learning the the 450 class and bike setup. And for me, that's taken this this spot on the the HEP Suzuki team was a lot of it was about being with Roxon and Chisholm and their experience and their knowledge. Because for me, since I went to the 450 class, I haven't really had much guidance, if any. And the the setup is totally different than the 250 class. And so that's been my biggest struggle. And now it's like results wise, I'm not there, but it's like we're, I really got on the bike right before the season started. So I've kind of been racing my way into it. And especially the last couple of weeks, like my results have went backwards a little bit, but that doesn't really show everything that's been going on. So yeah. um, Seattle was, I felt in the, the first half of it was the best I've raced in a main event. Um, I struggle with getting lapped. I, I'm not okay. sure how to how to race and not give up a lot of time. So um, honestly, I'm I'm losing big time on that each weekend, and this right. week was probably the worst worst for that. So um, yeah, mi mixed emotions about Seattle. I I thought the track was good um, for the night show, like qualify or the heat race in the main, and uh, it. Dude, it's these tracks have been tough. Like they are so physical and and challenging that it's like we we haven't really had like fast tracks this year. It's been about like trying to do the obstacles and trying to um, get through the the conditions breaking down. Like it's it's crazy how much the track changes throughout one race. Yeah, sure. Is it, it's um, is that something that you find is because you've you've not had. Uh, looking through the, your career, you've not actually had much of a clear run at like the 450 class, have you? Like a couple of years, you've had no. injuries stopped you with the um, with the uh, Bullfrog Spars team, uh, and then you had the issues with Rocky Mountain shutting down as well. Uh, so this is really probably your first full attempt at a season, isn't it? It's as, yeah. as deep as you've gone, isn't it? Now eleven rounds, that's as far as you've got. So yeah, you the tracks. Sorry, are you trying the tracks different to how it was when you were on 250? 
Um, yeah. So everything you said is, is kind of spot on. Like I'm, I'm on a streak right now for my most 450 races in a row. So, um, I'm looking to finish out the season and, uh, but finish out strong. Like I, I'm, I feel like I have a lot of room left to grow and, and even in the races, it's like, I, I feel like I should be way further ahead than, than I am. And that's, I'm, I'm trying to kind of build those blocks and build that foundation uh, to get to that point, because I know I'm not a 16th place guy. Like it's, I still have some work to do, but it's like, dude, I I'm in my head, I'm still new and I'm still learning this stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I've told people a lot is this year, like, especially with, with bike setup, like there's like the practice track where we're riding good. We're going pretty fast but it's like the practice track we is is normally prepped i mean even when it does break down there's not much (laughs) yeah that like the the tracks stay stay prepped um for the most part but it's like we we get some ruts here and there but then we when we get to the race like there's there's no time when i ride the track and it's in decent condition so that's what's really hard yeah is like dude i've got to go out and learn this track in all these ruts, I got to try and jump the jumps. It's almost like a, a limited, it's like, okay, I, I know based off all the ruts, I know what the rhythms <laughs> should be, yeah. do, but it's like, what ruts do I then go in? And it's, it's like, you don't have enough laps in a practice to hit all the ruts. So yeah. it's, it's, um, it's been a big learning curve. Cause it's like, dude, it, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, the 250 class, it's like, I, I don't want to say it was easy, but it's like, dude, it's, it was nowhere near this hard. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks absolutely brutal. And do you find um, like, obviously you got to make all these, analyze all these situations so quickly whilst racing against other people, uh, mm-hmm. like the best in the world, really, not, not like a, a coast in 250s, like 450 is literally the best supercross yeah. race in the world. So to do what you're doing, you should be pretty proud of yourself still, even though it's not what you want. But do you find the hardest thing at the end of those mains is the concentration, the body feeling shot, like things like arm pump? Is it just the focus that you have to have to get through? Because one false step and it's, it's pretty, just some serious damage that could be done in supercross. So what, what do you find the hardest thing about getting through those longer mains as well? Yeah, honestly, especially like the last couple of weeks with how the tracks are, it's, it's about getting around the track. And like this weekend, it was really clear to me, like, dude, I, I felt really good. It, it was like 12 or 13 minutes in maybe when I, when I got lapped and dude, I was like right, feeling the best I'd felt. And I started getting the blue flag and I was like watching, like, I know kind of where the leaders are and I'm, I'm like keeping tabs, like, okay, how, like, when do I actually need to pay attention to the blue flag? And it was like the first couple uh, guys passed me, but it's, I lost like six or seven seconds on the guys ahead of me um, when, when that happened. And so, but this weekend it was like super clear because I I wasn't tired. Like I was still catching the guys ahead of me and I, I felt I felt really good, but it was like a mental switch that it was like, I went from chasing down the guys ahead of me to like looking over my shoulder and like riding behind me to where, like, I I don't know if it was because I like rolled a couple sections to let the guys guys go by, but then you actually see some of the stuff that you're hitting and you're like, oh my goodness. So it's, it could, it could be a number of different things, but um, for me, that's, that's something that I'm, 
trying to work through and and get better at is like just like be the, the thing in the 450 classes the gaps are a lot closer than they look and when i'm say say when i am getting lapped it's like dude i'm i'm right on the guys ahead of me and i let some uh the leaders go by and it, then i lose two or three seconds just from one guy yeah that like I may not be able to see those guys right in front of me anymore, but it's like they're still right there. And so that's it's it's been something totally different. Like, and I I think I only got lapped a handful of times in the 250 class. So um, it's definitely a, a hit to the stomach, but it, it's kind of something that it's like, all right, I I got to get better so that I'm I'm not back there. So it's a. Uh, the I mean, tracks are definitely tough at the end. <laughs> I mean, you were the guy doing the lap in at the, in the 250. So are you finding that, are you conscious of that, that you don't want to hold yourself up? You know how bad it is? Yeah. Well, that and, and like last year at Daytona, when I was like out of the way, but like Cooper was trying to go like yeah. around me. And I, dude, I had no idea anybody was going over there. Yeah. And it's just like, that's, I, I don't want to be that guy. And yeah, yeah I just, I... I'm a little bit too careful with it and that's what I'm I'm trying to figure out what's the what's the balance or the happy medium there to to stay in my race and like but be courteous that's yeah that's what I'm struggling with cuz yeah there were there were um, three riders uh, four of the riders on on the lap on the same lap as you there uh, I think it was at Bloss and uh, Bloss was like six seconds ahead of you and then Noron six seconds ahead of him. So yeah, they must have been a similar yeah. scenario if they'd lost a couple of three seconds a lap. Yeah. That, that's that's it there, isn't it? That's that's that gap straight away, isn't it? Yeah. Cause I, I'd call um Noren and, and Josh Hill, like I'd I'd bridged a gap to them and I was right on them when I first got lapped. Right. And the first couple of guys I lost them. And so then I'm kind of just riding no man's land looking over my shoulder and not not even racing forward anymore at that yeah. point so, as yeah. well as surviving the track as well as all the ruts and everything you're still surviving that as well trying to yeah a lot to juggle mentally isn't there quite crazy yeah. and uh, and josh sadly josh just uh, dropped ahead of you then in the championship just two points ahead of you there mm-hmm. um i mean yeah. you've got look, looking at the points there you got within 10 points of um like Savachi and Nichols are sitting ducks because they're not out there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Justin Cooper as well, and Josh Hill is is one there. So suddenly, yeah, the top. I mean, Wilson's a bit further ahead, but yeah, the top twelve is still certainly achievable yeah. for you, isn't it, for the yep. season? Yeah, you guys just going to ask you how how are you sort of dealing? Do you feel a lot of pressure and and sort of nerves before all these races and when you're racing, especially especially when those front guys are coming through? Do you do you feel that, or do you feel a bit um, sort of tense? Or you're pretty experienced now. You're pretty used to it, mate. Uh, I would say a little bit of everything. Um, and it, it depends on, I guess, where you're at um, kind of in the race. Is is it is it early on because I, I went down or something and I'm still like racing to try to catch the pack? Or am I just kind of like settled into the moto later in the moto and those guys are in a battle? Um, but for me, it's it's – even when I do get lapped, it's like, all right, can I follow their lines for at least a little bit? And it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely not easy mentally, but most of the guys that have been lapping me have always been ahead of me in my career. Um, as far as like a couple years ahead of me, um, 
like I've always been watching and with the exception of Sexton, like we, we kind of came up together. Um, but it, it's definitely tough to, or I guess it'd say it's easy to compare yourself uh, in that situation, but it's like, we just, we haven't had it the same way. And so it's like, you, you know what, like, I mean, I felt like I, I was just as good as him and, um, and even even in time, that's where it's like he's he's had the consistency, which is necessary for the growth that he's had. And so he's done really well with it. Um, whereas for me, it's like you kind of skip around, you miss a lot of racing, you you're jumping on different bikes. And it's like, well, this this is what I have right now. So um, don't know where where that's going at this point. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've. I've done my best wherever I've went and uh, it's uh it's definitely not ideal but I mean for me it's like that's where I, I believe that God God takes us where he needs us to go and if it's if it's here with this group of people if it's there with that group of people like um, I'm gonna do my best and love people so that's uh it's about all I can do <laughs> yeah I mean um, you touched on it briefly there like your 250 career because you, you were um three times second in a in a, in a coastal championship once uh, mm-hmm. or twice west and once in the east there uh, and then yeah that 20 that 2020 season I remember it quite vividly with your, yourself and uh and, and Chase suddenly sort of came through and, and stepped up a little bit and um and, and even like partially I mean, his, his first championship was kind of uh, massively helped by Austin Faulkner hurting mm-hmm. himself, which sadly is, a, is an even more recurring theme than than, than your issues, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. then also, um, yeah, then then he suddenly sort of found that pace, and, and you two were very close for that series. Um, do you kind of wish that he was falling off as much then as he does now, or is that something that's uh, well? See, and that that's the thing with that whole season is where I was in my career is I had to learn a lot just in that one year that I didn't really learn the previous years. And so for me, there was a lot of new that I kind of had to go through. And unfortunately, it was like Sexton kind of had that the previous year where it was like, oh, shoot, Fortner got hurt. Now Sexton's the guy. And then all of a sudden he gets his first win and then he wins his first championship. And then it's like, uh, okay. But I mean, Sexton was was always there, always second, always second. Yeah, because yeah, you and, did that serious for a lot of it, didn't you? Yeah, and so then Sexton had had a year of billing, a year of like um, just kind of confidence coming off that, and it's like, all right, well, I mean, you, you don't you don't really luck into a number one plate, and that's, I mean, Sexton when when we raced together, it's like dude, that was straight up earned uh, for it, whichever way it went. And that was where it's like, yeah, it, it sucked to lose, but there were so many things that I did win at that year that it's like, you know what? I mean, this has by far been the best year of my career. The most I've grown supercross and outdoors. It's like to get second and third in, in both championships. And it's like, dude, that was that was kind of like steps ahead of where I was. Uh, and unfortunately there were no rides open in the 450 class and, um, and I had to move up. So it's like, okay, well then we'll just do what we can. And so it's, uh, I, I mean, with where I'm at now, I don't really wish it were any different. I mean, we can, we can talk all day about what could have been, but it's like, this is, this is where we're at and we're going to keep working. And, um, I believe that I can be at the top of the 450 class one day and 
I won the world championship and the super or WSX last year. And that, that was a big goal. So it's like, I mean, maybe my career is transitioning more to that full time. Um, I'm not sure. I I go where the opportunity is. (laughs) Yeah. It's a brutal sport, mate. Just as you know, you can be so good, and then you know, look at someone you know like a Sexton or some of those guys that they have guaranteed rides to get that continuity, which you need. And then, obviously, if you can manage to avoid injuries, you can just build up that really solid mm-hmm. platform and base. So, which is something you've obviously missed since you've really had a crack at the 450 class, mm-hmm. mate. So, look, how, how have you actually found this uh, transition into the new team, especially after the the last couple of years have been a bit pretty challenging, as as we all know have you found the suzuki good have you found the people around you the teammates are obviously brilliant rocks and chisholm and the 250 guys so you're enjoying life right now uh i am it's when when we kind of took this deal it we knew it was going to be an uphill battle uh mainly because i i didn't like after australia uh the world supercross round um that was uh end of november or early november i think Mm. um Maybe end of October or something. Uh, but, early, early November was Cardiff, so yeah, I think um, Melbourne was two weeks after that. So yeah. okay, yeah. So it was um, like I didn't ride from then until I got on the Suzuki, um, like December fifteenth or something was my first day. Wow. So like I had, I had like four, four or five days before I went to A one, and like new bike new team and it's like all right well we just we kind of got to get into it um my goal was to finish the series and yeah it was uh it took probably like five to four four or five weeks before i was like all right like i'm i'm starting to like ride like normally during the week, like my body's actually finally opening up. I'm not super sore after the race. Cool. And, uh, we also like changed suspension guys. Um, I don't remember what round, but it was, it was, uh, it's probably been like four or five weeks ago now. Um, which was a massive change. Um, the team did really good on that. Um, the team's been awesome. It's I've, for me, I've kind of just tried to be a shadow to Ken and, and Chisholm and just, just soak in everything that that they're uh, talking about and helping develop. And um, the Suzuki is a is a different bike than anything I've ever ridden. Um, but where we have the bike now is it's pretty crazy to know where we were and where we came from. And it's like to kind of have a little bit of of input into that. Like I'm. I'm pretty excited about it. And just for my career moving forward, because I'm getting to do kind of what I came for is like the HEP guys, they gave me a really good opportunity. And it's like, Hey, we don't have much, but we can, we can take you. And it's like, (laughs) that's all I need. Um, So it's, uh, it's been a lot of work, but the team is, is really good. I've, I've known the team for many years. Um, I tested their bike coming out of the 250 class and, um, before they really had everything that they have now and they're still working just as hard and they still want, um, want it just as bad. So it's, it's really cool to be a part of, um, everybody's enjoying the team. Everybody really doesn't stop working because they want, they want to be better 
um, every day. So um, that's been really fun. And even with where we're at now, it's like I, I've kind of been in the same mentality from I got on, when I got on the bike. It's like we got work to do. We got to catch up. And now it's like I've almost been stuck in that mentality the last couple of weeks because I've kind of caught up and it's but I'm still in that same mentality. And so like this weekend, it's like, all right, we, we need to take a step back. Like I can be there. It just switched the mentality a little bit. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I think we have six, six rounds left and, yeah. uh, dude, I'm, I'm super excited. Like leaving Seattle. I'm like, dude, I'm ready for Glendale. Like I, <laughs> a weekend off is good, but get me to that next race. Cause I'm ready to keep going. So, so yeah, nice. it's, that's it's good been though. a lot of work. Excellent. I, I was hoping you're going to wave your kickstart at us tonight. Is that uh, <laughs> not? I did ask. I did ask. <laughs> you got one? No, no kickstarters here. I, I, I don't have. I have one, and it's on my bike. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, um, yeah. Obviously, the night itself was was pretty wild up, up the front there. I mean, uh, you had Christian Craig winning a heat race, um, but I mean, you progressed straight through from your heat race which was the most stacked heat race of, of the year i mean it had the top five in points all there together um yeah. so pretty cool that you got through that i mean is that a, a sort of quirk to the system is there something that you think they, that should change where you don't have like all of the top five together just because they were first third fifth and seventh or whatever in, in qualification is that something you think should change or are you happy with the system as it stands uh, i think it's pretty solid um i think this weekend it just worked out that way and like watching watching the feed and stuff like tomac did one lap in uh in the second qualifying it and it wasn't until like it, it was his very last lap i'm pretty sure that he that he could have done to put him up there and that was just the nature of that track is like it was super easy to make a mistake and you don't get a clean lap your time's not good so yeah. um that was kind of his what he was trying to to do and yeah i mean the heat race was was stacked um for me i i don't really try to or i don't really care to look at who's in what heat race um because it's like dude there there's good guys in both of them yeah um for me this weekend i hit false neutral when i shifted on the start straight and so that mm. that really kind of started me in the back and i passed in the ninth in the last lap which is good yes. um, but it's like dude i i don't like being in that situation and having to to race and because when it comes down to that it's it's not a it's not a race it's almost like a like a mental game like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna wait just a little bit and then i'm gonna get this guy because he's not gonna be able to get me back and it's like dude uh, to me in in such a short race like that that's not really racing i guess but um yeah i mean i i don't like being in that situation and i just like I said, I got to fix my starts to get <laughs> out of that that situation. So, uh, but I think the system right now is pretty good. I I did race my first ever 450 race. I uh, was in 2015. I did a one-off race in in New Jersey, and that one I I raced the the heat, the semi, and then I won the LCQ. So I did maximum <laughs> laps that day. And I think in that situation, there's just so few spots available that it's like some guys just give up if they're too far back early on mm. and even some of the good guys because it's like all right well i think it was four four people out of the heat would make it it's like yeah. 
seventh place is just out there riding around. But now it's like, dude, there's you gotta. I mean, the top nine is is a is good, but it's also like if you if you get a bad start or something, you you've got to battle up and keep going. So um, I think it's pretty solid right now. Cool. Yeah, it was nice. a good ride that mate, especially after the start. And obviously, if you look at the qualifying, you know you're not. Plessinger and and Webb were getting twelfth and ninth, and you're really not that far off those guys. So it was, yeah. they were obviously like you were saying how hard the track was, track was, but those guys were managing the things too, and like they were still suffering yeah. quite a lot yeah. in those conditions, mate. So do you, do yeah. you feel like um how much does when you actually go to the LCQ, not that you did this weekend, but when you go to them, how much does that sap your energy heading into a main? Just as a off topic, a little bit from the racing, but just mm-hmm. wanted to get your perspective on that. Uh, it's a wake up call. Like, especially like for me, I, I mean, given that nothing happens in the heat, like I should not be racing an LCQ. And so when I do end up there, it's like, all right, this is, if, if I'm going to be any more focused, it's right now because (laughs) I'm not, I, I'm not here to play games. It's like, just, just go get me away from people. And um, that one, it'll it'll get your adrenaline going more than anything. So, um, yeah, it's it's really nerve wracking. Like, I, I would say you're you're either about to poo your pants because you're so nervous, or you're so focused you you don't hear anything else because it's it's do or die right there. <laughs> Amazing. And then, uh, yeah, obviously the championship situation uh, completely hot up there with uh, Eli Tomac uh, taking the win and um, reaching that number 50, which is, is pretty monumental. And uh, we just did a feature on that on MX Vice. A quick plug if you want to compare his numbers. We compared his numbers to James Stewart and Jeremy McGrath to see how they sort of track through. So uh, certainly played the long game in his, in his career, Eli, to get up to, to 50. Uh, and now... Um, Jordan Red Plate Holder as they go in. So, um, yeah, what, what do you see uh, developing, Ed, just to ask you? Uh, so why do you see this sort of season developing from here? Do you think now with Chase losing yet another race from, from crashing, how, how do you see this this championship ending up, Ed? What, what, what's your thoughts after Seattle? Well, it's going to be hard for Chase, obviously. Uh, just obviously the penalty last week. He's obviously got the speed and everything, and the, the crashes have hindered him severely. We're good to get Shane's talk on those crashes uh, take on him soon. But, um, yeah, it looks like Tomac and Webb aren't really going to lose too many points. So to make back that deficit's going to be, I'm not going to say impossible, but it's going to be pretty challenging because they're both pretty consistent and especially – Tomac has a few odd rides here and there, but Webb just seems to be just so on it at the moment. And yeah. and even, you know, you've got guys like Roxon that can win, Plessinger that obviously has the speed to win. And I don't I think Barsha could be next. So you've got to get through all these dudes just to just to get there. And points are at a premium and it's hard to see Tomac and um, Webb dropping out of the top three too often, mm. to be honest. And AC even looked quite good on the weekend. So it's been yeah, crazy. Nice yeah, yes. it was it's crazy guys you're battling against every every week and even the Hill brothers have been impressive and Dean Wilson's always there around you and yeah but it must be must be hard every weekend but yeah what, what's your take on it Ben and Shane um honestly so kind of back to the Sexton thing so Ch- I think Chase doesn't get enough credit really for like, dude, he's he's still a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's twenty three, maybe. Um, but it's like he he clearly has the speed, um, especially with all his his top qualifiers and everything. Heat races, like he he is 
um, a lot of the time, the fastest guy out there. Um, I think a lot of his mistakes are really just from like, I mean, he's, he's riding kind of with the kid energy a little bit to where it's like, he's, he's not, he's not afraid of crashing. And obviously he's, if he was, he would back it down. Um, but I mean, honestly, I think it's just, it's just kind of growing pains right now. And, and when he does figure that stuff out, um, I think it's going to be a totally different story. But I mean, he, in my opinion, he's got many years left of his career. And right now, this early in his career, being one of the top guys, I mean, I think it's it's a good situation to be in because, I mean, dude, if, if it were Eli Tomac doing this, where he's probably in his last year, then it's like, okay, yes. it could go <laughs> anyway. But it's like Sexton just has so many years left to, to fix those things that it's like – whether it's this year or even next year, but, but beyond that, it's like, he's, he's going to be even better. So, um, I think with the experience of, of Webb and Eli, I think they're, they're not in a must win situation yet because it's like they, I mean, they can, they can let Sexton get out front and, and take off. And it's like, um, it's a bummer that it is a similar thing each weekend. And, and last week without the, the points um, penalty, I think it's maybe it would have helped him uh, mentally. Maybe, maybe not, but um, that was kind of a, a hit to the gut almost like you did everything right. But one little mess up that, Maybe he's seen it. Maybe he didn't. But it's like you you got to be aware. Um, and like Stewart was talking about uh, Webb, like Webb seen that, and Webb did not override the rest of the race. Like he he was perfectly happy there. Um, and that's that's a veteran move. Like him and Eli. That's even uh, the last uh, two two weekends before the uh, Seattle with Eli. It's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with Eli? It's like, dude. <laughs> he, he knows exactly what he's doing and and eighth place is like eh whatever like he's, he's already moving on he, he doesn't really bat an eye and yeah. that's that's what's crazy with especially Eli's he's so level emotionally like 2017 that was a different story mm. uh, with him and Dungey yeah. but it's like now you, you haven't seen Eli really make those mistakes since then. And yeah. so that's where it's like their experience is really what's going to take them from here because speed wise, I think Eli has it at times. Um, Cooper's got the longevity and the cons- consistency, but um, as far as outright speed, I think it's, it's pretty much sexing right now. So um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, it's good that Sexton can kind of be out of the light a little bit. Um, yeah. And, oh, I'm, I'm out of the championship a little bit. Um, just because I, I know he's going to ride better. Um, it's not like – I mean, he rides with a lot of pressure anyway. But to just have the pressure of only winning the race now instead of championship, 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 I think that's going to go a long way with him. 
Yeah, it, it was interesting to hear that uh, apparently, um, I think it's what Will Christian said about the, uh, uh, she was talking to the HRC team uh, and they were saying that uh, the, the win the previous week obviously came mainly because AP sadly mm-hmm. lost it there yeah. at the end. So he, he was never really the, the guy with the pressure in front uh, until mm-hmm. the very end when it was just, okay, yeah. a couple of laps and it's done. So yeah. uh, they, they were sort of hoping that he would uh, obviously see it through to, to the end of, from, yeah. from being the leader all the way through. So, yeah, that, that must be. But like you say, I mean, Eli made those mistakes. I just looked up. Um, uh, Chase will be 24 in September. So, yeah, I mean, Eli, like you said, making those mistakes in 2017, he was 24 then. So, <laughs> like you say, he still has plenty of time there. I mean, Eli still didn't, still hadn't won his, t- his first title at that point. Still had two years to go until he did. So, uh, yeah, like I said, there's there's plenty of time for, for Chase to, to correct those mistakes. And, um, yeah, he certainly, certainly deserves to. And even outdoors last year, like, I think that was a good representation of what Sexton can do. Mm. Um, because it was like there were days where he was flat out better. Um, but even even the last race, it was – dude, that, it was super hot at Paula. And like Chase had – I think it was whatever moto when, when he went down. Like I think it was second moto. Yeah. Um, but it was like – I mean, dude, Eli was – I don't know how Eli raced that race like he did. He just flat out go one one and like under that pressure with how hot it was. Like, dude, I was just trying to finish the race. Like it was it was that hot. And those two were were still going at it. And Chase went down like three times, but he he never gave up. And yes. even at uh like going into the last round, it was like, dude, they were literally neck and neck neck and neck each time and i think like the the focus on outdoors is just a little bit less than supercross just because thing, things are coming slower like you don't have as many obstacles to to think about and go through and like chase's mentality it's probably the same on on outdoors and supercross it's just supercross you can't get away with a lax and and focus or like the the stuff comes too quick and so maybe maybe it's um oh where where is my competition at for a split second and and he's down um but i think outdoors if he i i think i think his the way he raced outdoors last year is a good way to think about how he's going to be in the future because i mean it was there's the last couple of years, there's been nobody been that close to Eli um, in outdoors, and it, it was impressive. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Um, obviously, the, with what you're saying, the margin for error is very sort of small in Supercross, and you look at dudes like Tomac and Webb, and especially Tomac, he knows where his limits are every weekend. If he's not happy with the track or the mm-hmm. bike or a combination of both, he'll he'll happy to settle for a fifth or whatever. Whereas yep. you get the feeling with some of the younger guys, obviously, it comes with um, the maturity. It uh, just takes a bit of time to know when to push and when not to push. And do you, do you think that's something that that will obviously come? Hopefully, in time, like it has with Eli. I think so because I think I think his confidence is going to get um, a lot better too. And and Chase kind of kind of being a kid mentality. I well, I I can see like Chase doesn't just want to win. 
Chase wants to annihilate. And so like Eli, there there's days where Eli annihilates, but there's days where Eli wins by just a little bit. And he's okay with that. And I think with Sexton, I think there may not be a separation there. It's like kind of, kind of like how Stewart used to be. It's like, I'm either winning or I'm crashing. And when he would win though, he, he was gone. And I mean, even going back to when Eli won, I think his first two or three outdoor championships before he won his first supercross championship. And like, we could always see like, dude, Eli's just not the same guy. Um, He's always been better at outdoors, but it just, it, I think it took a little while to kind of understand he was lights out faster than any of the guys on a normal Supercross Saturday. But the longevity of it, you can't have the the stalling it in a corner and like finishing super far back like he did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it, like your bad nights, it be okay with a couple positions back, just keep the, the pressure on and just push to the end instead of just, Oh, give up. So, um, losing the head, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. A sense of losing your head. Like you say, that, that maturity, not to, yeah. to really hold your head together when, uh, everything's yeah. still going to shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's yeah. Uh, definitely the difference. And, uh, yeah, so we got, um, yeah, six rounds to go and, uh, yeah, the two, the two 11 on points, um, and then you got uh, obviously Kenny, um, who's had a, a, obviously a great great win the other week, and uh, fantastic to see that. Um, how do you see do you see another one maybe for Kenny? Do you think that uh, the, um, the you're saying that the bike's improving? Is there much work happening between now and the end of the season, or is it just straightforward? And do you think you got much uh, more chance of, of getting the win in the team now? Um, I think so. I think with where we're at now, um, mentality and consistency is where we're going to make the most progress Um, because Kenny didn't have much more time on the bike than I did. And same with Chisholm, but like, as like Anaheim one was over and Kenny went to factory connection for help. Um, And so he was there for uh, a little while. It wasn't until after I started working with the new suspension guy that then Ken started working with him um, just kind of to have everything more inclusive uh, on the team. But uh, Chisholm has played a big role in getting that together. And so um, really up until the last two weeks, like we've been making big changes. And so now even for me, it's like I've actually been able to do some normal training the last three weeks, which is, has went a long way for me. Cause it's like, dude, I, the only like main events or motos I was doing for training were Saturday night at the race. Like that, that was the only motos I was doing wow. and it just super long testing days. And so, um, with Kenny, he is in a good spot right now because kind of in years past, it's like, dude, he starts out super good and kind of, kind of tapers off a little bit. And, and I've, I've done the same at times in my career. Um, but we've just – each week we're like, all right, we, we still got some work to do. Let's go get this done. And um, to see him get a win in Indy, it was, like, surprising to a lot of people. But, dude, he's he's been riding really good. And it's just now coming late in the season. So um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. I think as a team, we're we're continuing to just understand things better and, and get the bike better. And um, the Suzuki was uh, a tough like code to crack early on because it's like, dude, this is this is totally different setup than any any other bike we've set up. So um, it has taken a little while, but we're we're in such a good spot now and have so much experience and and knowledge that it's like, okay, we're, we're really starting to understand things. And, um, I know Ken's gonna, I think maybe ride a little outdoors, um, this week, but yeah, I mean, as far as training goes, we're really kind of starting to come into our stride now, um, as a team. So, um, I expect myself to get better as the season goes and, and with Ken also, um, and Chisholm, like they're, they're really happy with the progression of things and and we're all still motivated to to keep going because it's like dude we're we're not just like i guess on a on a downward trend where we're like we we're lost we don't know what we're doing like (laughs) you gotta figure something out like it's it's the opposite for us so yeah um, that that is exciting brilliant that definitely sounds like you've sort of enjoyed the process because obviously there must have been some seriously massive days from what you're saying and what Ken, mm-hmm. what Kyle have all said. And do you find like there must be immense satisfaction in achieving what you as a team and Ken individually has achieved? So good, yeah. good sort of hats off to you, mate. Everyone must be so happy that the hard work paying off. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's that's what's been cool is like I can give my bike to Chisholm, like, dude, go go ride this am I feeling this correctly or am I, am I saying this correctly? Like giving my feedback and like, Hey, Chis, can I ride your bike and just feel something different? And like, it's, it's been a true team effort. Like we're all three riding together. We're all three like at the track together. And it's like our suspension guy, he's, he lives down here locally in Florida. And so it's like, it's so easy working on things because now now that we kind of know what the bike needs it's like we can try different stuff okay what did this make it better or worse but it's all small changes now at this point and that's where it's like from a team perspective it's been a lot of fun because it's it's not necessarily been one person it's like hey are you feeling this because i'm feeling this or like I'm struggling with this. Are, are you struggling with the same thing and vice versa? So um, it's it's been a lot of fun um, because, like I said, I, I've been in the shadows a little bit just trying to soak up everything. And now to be where we're at, like I haven't done a lot, but it's like I, I know that some of my feedback has been uh, used to – to figure out the Suzuki and just uh, the last couple of years where the Suzuki's been to now where, where it is, it's like, I didn't know Suzuki could be this good. So it's uh, <laughs> dude, it's, it, it's awesome. 
That's good. I got my Mr. Suzuki t-shirt there because I used to work for the car garage and I got a nice uh, Joan Mir World Champion shirt just to yeah. wear it for the occasion. Nice. Uh, yeah, I do, I do like a bit of yellow. I do. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's all good stuff. It's nice to see them out there because, like, yeah, they've just yeah. been missing for so long. So it's uh, there's none in, in Europe. There's still none in the in the World mm. Championship, none in the yeah. British Championship even. It's like, uh, you know, what's that yellow thing, you know, if you ever see one. So it's, it's nice to see them yeah. up there in, uh, in America yeah. anyway. So that's all good. Um, so just to quickly touch on the 250s, um, because, uh, yeah, obviously just in the SMX review show, just making sure we touch on that. Um, obviously, big uh, bit of controversy there with uh, Jet Lawrence and Cameron McAdoo coming together. Uh, Ed, how did you see the how did you see the crash uh, yourself? Who, who's at fault in there? Uh, <laughs> the reaction was obviously, good. obviously being an Aussie, the Aussie bloke was not at fault. No, but I would see. Um, yeah, I think I think I think Cameron probably just got a little bit overzealous, and he obviously it tripled on, and yeah, it sort of just. Right, wrong place, wrong time. But luckily, it wasn't worse because that was a pretty, pretty heavy hit. You know, luckily yeah. both came out of that okay. Obviously, the bikes didn't. But um, yeah, I think Cameron probably just wanted to, you know, look like he wanted to just assert himself a little bit, let it, let him know he was there. And obviously, they're racing, and you get past, you so often want to retaliate and yeah, um, sort of flex your muscles a little bit. So yeah, luckily they both walked away, and and yeah. And obviously Cameron's had a lot of injuries and he's he's a tough bugger too. Like he fights on. Yeah, him and RJ too, like they're pretty they're, they're brutal competitors. So Oh for sure. Know, yeah. They're they're putting everything on the table every night. So you can understand where they're coming from. It's you know, it's like us, you know, if if something if you want something that bad you're gonna go for it. So but yeah, yes. and then on the main that was it was pretty cool. Jets just yeah, he's a joy to watch, isn't he? He's just <laughs> even though he did struggle, he even he said he was struggling a lot, even though he makes it look easy. He said like he was shaking his head, saying I'm not happy with that that performance. Yeah. But you yeah. know, obviously he's he's set those high standards and he wants to fulfil them. So, well, what was your take on it, Shane? Uh, I think it was uh, kind of exactly what you just said. It was a track like that really suits Jet, um, but. I, I understand when he talks about how it's like you, you kind of feel like you're just surviving out there. You're not actually like performing well, um, but you performed better than everybody else. And so um, in the heat race, it's Cameron. I mean, Jet, Jet's been the guy to beat for a couple years now, and there's not really been many people – uh, less than a handful of people that have been able to beat Jet. And as a racer, you hate getting beat over and over and over by the same guys. And so with, with in the heat, it's like, dude, on a track that that's, that's that technical and the speeds aren't super fast, it's like Jet set the pass up, um, was able to get by. And it's like if – and in any race, like if if Cameron can shoot back by and hold him up a little bit, then then that's gonna keep Jet behind. That's gonna make him have to regroup and all right, I can't do that again because I know how it's gonna go. Um, I think it was probably. I mean, Jet Jet did everything he could to. There there wasn't much room there to jump on off. So no. <laughs> um, that was just a. Uh, uh, split second bad call um but it's it was a a racing like almost like laser focus 
I, whatever it takes to pass this guy back just to hold him behind me, um, yeah. which it didn't work out that well. Um, but thankfully they were both good. And it's, um, yeah, I think in the 250 class and even coming down to the end, like RJ and McAdoo, you, you've seen it in the heat or in the main with um, RJ passed McAdoo and RJ made a mistake and McAdoo passed him back and was behind him for, for, or ahead of him for a while. And it wasn't until like two laps to go when RJ passed him back. Yeah. Um, but those two guys, like they were, they were scrapping and <laughs> it, like all last lap, it's like both of their riding looks the same, but you can tell there is no give up and no quit in them. And so it's like, uh, what's going to happen here? Cause it, I mean, at, on a track like that, you just cross right a little bit and you're, you're off the track, um, yes. maybe even crashing. So, um, yeah, it was it was a very good race, I think, for for the three of those guys. And um, it was a very tough track to to race like that on. It was, it was good for me to see that, uh, that that Cameron wasn't isn't mentally beaten because everybody's going, you know, jet, jet, jet. And, uh, you know, it's the Lawrence show. And, you know, obviously this guy's loving that. But, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's um, you know, it's nice for somebody to think, actually, no, I am a racer. Like you say, I'm going to go for this gap. And I, I just thought it was good that, you know, he's, he's not just going to roll over and let him have it easy, yeah. which... Uh, Probably surprised Jet a bit. I think. I think that yeah. obviously the crash is always going to shake you up and, and and make you think WTF. But uh, you know, it was. Uh, I just like the fact that he at least retaliated and gave him a race. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. So, and that's that's where Jet. I think where Jet and and Hunter need to keep going is like, yes, you guys are doing really well right now, but like, don't settle um, because. The 450 class is going to be different, whereas like you have a handful of guys in the 250 class that you have to worry about getting by, and then it's it's smooth selling. Like, dude, you're you're racing for 10th, 12th, 14th in the 450 class, and it's like nobody rolls over there. And <laughs> if if you give somebody a gap there, they're going to take that gap back. So that's where like in their in their situation is like don't expect anything from anybody uh, as far as like um like don't don't think oh there's just a little gap there they're not going to go for it because when you get to 450 class that's going to happen a lot and i mean i i don't necessarily think jet did anything wrong um but in that situation it's like i didn't expect anything less uh from from mcadoo to see a little gap and and shoot the gap so yeah yeah, it'd be interesting seeing them go up to the the four fifties. Obviously, Jet's going to be doing that very soon, mm-hmm. and yeah, in the pretty near future as well. And then obviously, there's bright there's races where they don't have to be at the max intensity all the time. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that'll be a massive um, shock to them a little bit, just having to be on that limit the whole time? And I also wanted to get your thoughts on Enzo Lopes's ride. Like that was a seriously good ride for fourth, coming all the way from the back, and just a super talented rider. And it's good to see him and that team having such good success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, and I think with Jet and Hunter, like what I've learned about the 450 class is to, to handle the 450 well is not like just super intense all out sprint. Like that's maybe that's qualifying, but in, in the race, it's a totally different game. And that's, that's what's hard from the 250 class is like, watching jet at the practice track or something it's just 
it's just hard all the time, all the time. And it's like that that's doable on a 250. And at the, the donations, he rode the 450 really well. And I think he will when he moves up. Um, it's just, it's a little bit different style of racing. It's, and so that's where I think there is a learning curve, but jets and jet and Hunter both are on a good path for that learning curve. Um, for Enzo, I, I know club MX, they have really good tracks. They have really good dirt. And I would say this weekend was probably similar to what they practice on during the week. Just the, the ruts, the jumps, like even the soil type, like here in Florida, we have, um, like a sandier clay. It, it doesn't get super deep ruts, um, but it does get a lot of ruts and they, they don't get deep because the dirt will just kind of fall in. Um, whereas club, they have, they have a lot more of a clay type. Um, okay. but Enzo, like he's, he's, he's had injuries in the past. And I think, especially this year, like, I think this is probably the longest I've seen him perform well and stay healthy. And I think that that's really good because if he can keep building on that, that's, that's good for his career moving forward. Because I mean, last going back to Salt Lake city last year, when he qualified fastest, I think it was, um, at one of them. And, and he's been at the top of the board a couple times this year. And it's like, dude, he is really fast. And you see him pull a whole shot in the heat race. And, um, I think the racing is, is a little bit different story. And for him, it's, it's more of a development thing and experience. And I think he's going to get better at that. Um, but then, like this weekend with a tough track and a, and a long main event, I think that that fits him really well um, because of being at club and on their tracks. It's like Enzo's going to be good on that type of track late in the main event when guys are struggling to get around the track. He's still going to be doing all the rhythms and doing everything well. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. So, um, just wanted to do. Uh, obviously, we got to getting close to the to the hour there. So, um, uh, just a couple of things to, to sort of uh, check through with you there, Shane. Uh, obviously, reigning world uh, champion in the in the two fifty class in the in the in the WSX arena. Um, are you going to defend that, or are you going to do that series at all, either four fifty or two fifty? Uh, what What are your plans for that? Because it was Rick Ware racing last year, wasn't it? And yep. uh, are you going to? Take your Suzuki and put some Rick Ware stickers on it, or uh, <laughs> uh, no? I, so I am I am going to be defending that. I'm actually still in my contract with Rick. Um, right. Also, I have a two year deal with Rick, and um, I was able to do uh, HEP Suzuki for Supercross because Rick doesn't have a Supercross team right now. Yeah. So he allowed me to to go to another team and do the Supercross series. Um, so I'll be full time under contract with him. Uh, when Supercross is over here and I'll be back in the 250 class and I'll be back on a blue bike. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, that the team, um, Rick has been really awesome to deal with. Um, and we're just getting started there. So it's, uh, it's been really cool getting to know him and just all of his other teams, like starting to intertwine and getting to meet all the other drivers and, uh, flat track riders and it's it's been a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun yeah um i've got i've got to ask is it going to be number 12 or are you going to stick number one on it i i got one chance right now and i'm i'm taking that opportunity to run number one yes yeah 
I, I mean, how, how could you not? Like, I'm I'm not superstitious, so yeah. like, dude, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna run that thing. Damn right, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, yes. Also happy to hear that announcement in the winter with a world champion or somebody who wins a title does actually have the number one yes. place. It's uh, it's still optional over here in in in, in Europe, of course, because uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The champion has to wear number one over there, but uh, yeah, yes. things like um, obviously the MotoGP champ is now running the number one, which is great. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Hurlings did was going to run it last year, but hurt yeah. himself before he even got started. So yeah. even if he has the chance, I doubt he'll ever wear it again, um, which is a, yeah. <laughs> a real shame. But uh, I'll ask it to hear then. So uh, yeah, that's looking good. And it's uh, and the first round is of course uh, in the UK in uh, in Birmingham. So um, yeah. how, how was your experience in uh, in Cardiff? Although technically it's kind of a different country, but only people in the yes. uk really know that um so uh, you know or, or in australia because obviously you know you you have the rugby and you play the four different teams from the same island or whatever it is but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, we, yeah how's your experience in cardiff uh it was good we liked london a little better you know than cardiff it was uh, a little bit nicer wow, we just lost our welsh audience but they were just dropped off oh <laughs> uh, wait uh connection issue yeah um yeah it was uh it was pretty cool. The time change was pretty tough there. Um, Australia was a little bit easier because it was almost like a full day ahead. Right. Like Cardiff was almost like just opposite. And it wasn't until like we were there. We landed on Monday morning super early and went went into London, uh, stayed the first night in London. Dude, I driving those cars left side of the road. And for, like driving a manual transmission, like shifting with the left hand, our phones weren't working at first and trying to get through London. Didn't sleep at all on the on the flight. I was I just can't sleep on the plane like that. And dude, I like we we parked in like downtown London and trying to figure out where to go, trying to find a hotel to stay at. Like started to fall asleep sitting on the side of the road and somebody's knocking on our window. Hey, you can't park here. we finally found a hotel and i fell asleep in the lobby because our room wasn't ready and like so i fell asleep sitting up well then that was like an hour and then like i laid down just a little bit and the guy came hey you can't lay down in here i'm like okay no it's dude it it was a rough couple days and it wasn't until friday when we're about to go over to the stadium for uh like practice, I think it was. Yeah, practice was the Friday, yeah. We, we didn't wake up before 11 a.m. any day before that because it was just like, dude, we can't wake up and we can't go to sleep at night. So uh, Australia was a lot better. But, that yeah, I, I would say England, it was it was cool getting to – like we we're, were kind of just in and out a little bit there um, trying to catch up on sleep. We – we did drive over and that was, we stopped a couple different places. Um, but that was more of a survive type race or, or week. Whereas Australia, it was like, okay, we can like force ourselves to sleep and get up. And we went and did a, a few different things in, in Australia, but England, we're, we're going to be better at our England stay this year. <laughs> and it actually is in England this year, so yeah, it's in, uh, in Birmingham. Birmingham's almost as bad to park as London, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wish you good luck with okay. that one. Uh, and then of course, then you're going to okay. have to learn some French and German to suss out before you actually, uh, you know, find a place to, <laughs> to sleep there as well. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I I've been working with Ken a little bit, like <laughs> even just watch because his dad's been here for a while, and even just like listening to him talk, I'll just watch it like the mannerisms that they have, and then like try and connect some words and I'll ask him questions like, Hey, does this word mean that? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, all right. So I, I obviously can't keep up with it, but it's, it's more like taking a, a guess. Sure. You know? yeah. Oh yeah. It's painted for so. sure. Uh, and then you got around in the, um, uh, in Asia as well. So, uh, I'm not sure if it's mm-hmm. Indonesia or Singapore. I, I heard Singapore, but somebody corrected me the other day. So, uh, I'm not sure. yeah, I, I have heard Singapore. Um, I haven't heard like directly that it's Singapore, but I've heard that rumor a couple of okay. times. Um, and I've heard Singapore's really cool. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that's that's the one. Nice one. They get you staying in that big uh, hotel yeah. by the by the Formula One track. That would be pretty cool if they yeah. did. That'd be ace. <laughs> yep. You looking yep. forward to having them uh, over there, Ed? You going to visit that one? Yeah, I definitely plan to. I actually couldn't go to the one in Melbourne um, because my wife mm. and I had to go to a wedding, uh, sadly. But, but um, no, no. yeah, it was actually the wedding was only like four hours away as well. And I was like, ah, so I was just like, <laughs> yeah. And we, yeah. and I like live, um, you know, I used to live in Melbourne, but um, yeah, we, we moved up to the coast mm. and it's probably an 18 hour drive from, from Melbourne. And yeah. we'd done like the 14 hours to get to the wedding, but we just, just couldn't literally get there, but um, yeah, definitely plan on getting there this year. And um, yeah, it'd be good to uh, hopefully catch up with you there, mate. And just just generally yeah. the, the series is pretty cool for the riders, pretty cool for the sport. And what's your sort of mm-hmm. take on the whole WS thing, WSX thing? You must be excited. Yeah, I'm super pumped about it. Um, I was talking to somebody this past weekend and it's like Supercross has a global audience and has for a long yeah. time um just now that we're going to those venues it, it was like a new world was opened up like especially for me it's like dude i i didn't know i i've gotten messages on instagram but it's like i was walking outside of the stadium oh you're shane mcarath it's like yeah <laughs> like i just it like people knew who we were over there and it was just so cool like it was eye-opening like dude okay this is this is a bigger deal than we thought it was going to be and we didn't really know what we were getting into but it's like wsx is really taking the step to to put supercross on a global schedule and it's just getting started and honestly like i don't know that it could have went better last year for the series um like we we learned a lot in cardiff like riders had a lot of feedback for the officials and everything everything that they addressed was fixed in australia and it was like we want to make this work if you have any concerns if you have any questions like bring them to us like it just it felt like we were a part of the series like building it and it just it was it was such a blast like you're traveling with people that that you know but it's like okay well we're all in the same hotel we all don't know where we're at <laughs> let's go find something to do and so you just you get to know those people also and that's uh yeah it, it was it was a blast i i'm super excited for this year we already got our flights booked for the first round oh, 
and then have for like two months. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're, we're ready for this. It looks really cool how the organizers are like happy to take on the feedback. Obviously, um, you hear yeah. a lot of them say we yeah. pretty much got everything wrong in Cardiff and we're still learning every time yeah. like they're open about it. They're not trying mm. to cover up things and like yeah. gloss it over. They're like, yeah, we stuff that up, we'll fix it. So, and, and what you were yeah. saying about the, the growth of the, the sport, motocross and supercross globally, um, James, our boss, who obviously goes to the MXGP rounds, he was saying, I think it was Indonesia's number one on the TV subscription for MXGP TV. So you'd imagine that obviously wow. Supercross is probably a fair bit more popular. So you could just imagine how popular it is yeah. in the Asian regions, especially obviously with the MotoGPs, obviously in Formula One, they're certainly exploiting those markets. Mm-hmm. So it can only be a good thing for the sport and obviously raising the profile of guys like yourself to being the champion, mm-hmm. mate. You should get plenty of um, advertising material kind of thing yeah yeah no i think and and for me it's like it was so much fun last year like when rick came to us like this is what i want to do i want you to do it for me uh what do you need and it's like huh that's interesting so it was like we we did everything we could going into the season and it was kind of a we got ready in six months from the time we first spoke to going to race and it was like well uh don't know how this is gonna go but we're gonna go see and just showing up in england or in cardiff and seeing the track like walking the track it's uh it was like dude okay this is legit like this is not a uh rinky cross cross. like this is this looks good. All right, we're we're okay, and it just like we didn't really have any expectations because everything was so new. But it, I just felt like it set the bar high, um, and it it started with really good momentum. And I mean, this year they have six races planned, and it's like. I think that that's perfectly fine. If they if they add a few more, um, I know they're trying to. If they do, sweet. If not, dude, I wait till next yeah. year. Um, I just I think it's it's really uh, a good opportunity for a lot of guys. And yeah, it's I think it's just getting started. Fantastic. I look forward to uh, yeah sitting on your number one plate bike and uh, in uh, Birmingham. Maybe not sitting. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, great to, to talk to you, Shane. Thanks for coming on board with us. It's been uh, a real pleasure talking to you. Any last questions, Ed? Anything else you want to ask there? Yeah, I just wanted to sort of mention about how much of a massive support all your family are because obviously you, you you appreciate everything they do and you, you obviously a real, you have a really mm-hmm. good team and framework around you. So just wanted to um, sort of get your perspective on how important that is to you and obviously especially when you're going through tough times, it must be so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so – um, that kind of brings something up. Like a, a lot of people, I've, I've had a lot of criticism for like saying we, like in interviews and, and this and that. And um, there's a lot of times we can be, can can mean something different. And, um, but like for the, I'd say first and foremost, like my wife and I, like this is, this is our job. Like this is what we do. We've committed to do this together. Um, and that's what we do. So it's like, there's, I mean, a lot of people ask like, Oh, what, what does your wife do? I say, she's a full-time babysitter. Like she takes care of me all the time. And it's, uh, 
yeah, she, she does a really good job at that. So there's sometimes we means her and I, um, there's sometimes we as as the team, I mean, it's team manager, team owner, uh, suspension technician, crew chief, mechanic, um, practice mechanic, and myself, there's seven guys that are all directly involved in me being on the track. And I mean, that's, that's just necessary to get to the track. So, um, honestly, it's, especially in the 450 class in America, like if I wasn't on a team, like I'm, I'm not like, this is a unique opportunity with HEP, but it's like, dude, it, there's a lot of guys that are, are spending a lot of money just to be at the races. And so, I mean, it's, it's a, a tough position to be in, especially when, when it is your job, like businesses don't continue to operate on red numbers. Like you, you gotta be turning a profit to stay in business. And so, um, it's really difficult in our industry to, to do things on your own. So, um, the team, my wife, well, in my case, both teams are, uh, it's, it's necessary and it's a must to, for me to be able to go racing. So, um, it's a big deal. Fantastic. I did want to actually quickly mention, you've got uh, quite a nice man cave set up there. Lots of crash helmets and uh, a cardboard set out yeah. of yourself as well. That, that, that's pretty impressive. So have we got, oh, oh it's movable. Yeah. Look at this. So, yeah. Okay, you're not listening to the podcast, yeah. but we've got, uh, I could probably count about, what, 15 helmets there? So, yeah, is that yeah. pro career? So, um, I, I built all this when I was with uh, TLD KTM, okay. and I ran out of space. <laughs> and so... Everything since then, from the end of 2019 and on, I I don't have anywhere to put it. And my wife, my wife says this stuff has to stay in my office, and it's not house decor. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I got. <laughs> I'm sure you could get another yeah. shelf above that door. Maybe you know, yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. I, I got a couple other walls yeah, in man. here. Let's <laughs> get get it out. <laughs> I I just don't want to have a Shane shrine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the cutout's a bit, a bit suspect. Must be, I, I, I had to yeah. zoom in. I thought it was Blake Baggett briefly, but no, it, it is you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, no. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, then, so uh, yeah, let's uh, better wrap things up from there. So yeah, thanks uh, so much, Shane, for joining us. Uh, Got to thank our sponsors, obviously, Golf Race Fuels, uh, AS3 Performance, Evenstrokes.com, and uh, yeah, of course, uh, yeah, Kawasaki for the new KLX 140R range. Thanks to them. And uh, yeah, don't forget to go to Evenstrokes.com with the code Brad Wheeler 10. Uh, Brad obviously sends his regards. Shane, I'm not sure if you uh, you know Brad himself, but he seems to know everybody. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's raced yeah. you at some point or something like that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah good stuff any last uh, acknowledgements from yourself anybody you want to thank or send messages to uh, no just uh, thanks for this time and getting to meet you guys and uh, look forward to seeing you in your respective countries <laughs> indeed you will <laughs> yeah. good stuff okay so I'll just uh, end things from there thank you to everybody for tuning in to the uh, MX Vice SX, SMX review show we're working on uh, more guests for uh, the weeks to follow and uh, yeah we look forward to uh, seeing you out for the rest of the season chain so yeah thanks very much for joining us thank you ed and i'll thanks, uh, Mike. Thank thanks, you, Shane. Here. okay see you guys soon <laughs> yeah.